0: <clears throat> if I were to give this lesson a title, I would it would be a form of a question, where would you give treasure? And when we say treasure, we automatically think of a chest of gold or some kind of gold or jewels, but it can be a lot more than those things and and What is your treasure? That's what I'd like for you to concentrate on today. What is treasure? According to Webster's, it's accumulated wealth as money, gold, or jewels. Any person or thing considered valuable. What it comes down to is what you consider your most prized possession. And I'm going to give you a little history lesson this morning. And some of you younger people, maybe some of you older people, remember these people and the things that they looked for down through history. And <clears throat> one of them was the Fountain of Youth. Do any of you remember studying that Fountain of Youth? Well, that, well they, they thought it was down in uh, Florida. And it was ex- the Explorer John. Leon looked for this for a long time. They thought, boy, I'd like to find a fountain of youth. And you young people, you think, well, I don't need the fountain of youth. I, I just want to get older. When you get older, you want to go back and be younger again. And how much would it be worth to go get a drink out of the fountain of youth? What a treasure that would be. Then there was the seven cities of goat. Spanish explorers who were scouring the New World for a Native American treasure had heard persistent tales of the fantastic wealth of the so-called Seven Cities of Cebola, who searched for the Seven Cities to go. In, mid, in the mid-1540s, the Spanish Bairosoroy sent an expedition of men hundreds of miles north led by Constant. I figured you people had some questions, in can anybody answer who looked for this this gold? Anyone know the answer to that? Do you remember? Well, that was him and Conquist- I may not pronounce it right. Conquistador Francisco <coughs> de de Coronado. Their job was to search for the Seven Cities River to be filled with endless amounts of gold, as reported by. A Franciscan priest named Friar Marcos de Niza. I guess I pronounced that right. But I I brought these two in to be an illustration of what some people consider to be a treasure. But what is your treasure in life? That's what this lesson is going to be about. People have different ideas of what treasure is. Yours may be a different kind. You may want just a ha- house, a home, and a happy family. And I mean, that's good. But you have to put those things in order. And I'm, I'm not going to take time to look all these Scriptures out. You can write them down if you want to. We'll get to some Scripture here in a little bit. The first Scripture is Matthew 10.37. And it says, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than, than me is not worthy of me. What does that mean? We're not supposed to love our father, mother, or daughter, or son. No, we're supposed to love them, but we're supposed to put them in their order after God. God is supposed to come for, for, first. Maybe it's your family that is your treasure. And that is your treasure, but you got to put it in the right order. Sometimes it might be get, getting rich. That's all I think about is getting rich. That's not good as we're going to find out. The Bible tells us in Luke 12, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses or all the treasure that he has. Now what is covetousness? Covetousness as a strong desire of obtaining and possessing some supposed good, usually in a bad sense, and applied to an inordinate desire of wealth or avarice. A good example is found in these next few scriptures, and I'd like for you to look these up. <clears throat> Luke twelve sixteen. 12, 16. This will be familiar to you after you get there, but we're going to talk about it again. and my goods and i will say to my soul so thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease and eat drink and be merry do you ever talk to yourself (laughs) (laughs) i heard it's all right to talk to yourself as long as you don't start answering (laughs) but this guy talked to himself he said such as so, thou hast much goods laid up for many years, to take thine easy, eat, be drink and be merry. He was talking to himself, and he was saying the wrong things. You see what this man's treasure was. His treasure was in having plenty laid up, so he could live the way he wanted, and he thought he would be happy in that. Never, tr- never troubled himself about a future state. He thought, tomorrow shall be as this day. But God had something to say to this man. Look first point. 20. God said unto him, him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all those things be with thou hast provided? He should die that night, for a, man's, for a man's death as well as his birth is fixed by God. God called him a fool as he appeared to be throughout all his conduct. <coughs> These things, whose, whose they may be, is of little consequence to that man that lost his soul to gain them, but they are often left to heirs that get rid of them much sooner than the Father gained them, and thus they secure their ruin as well as his own. What should this man have done, this rich man? first, he should have thanked God for the harvest. Then he should have given God his part. If he saw anyone in need, he should have helped if he could instead of hoarding the bountiful harvest. He should have used them for the glory of God. If he had, the story would have turned out for a different ending. Along the lines of someone else receiving what we leave behind is found in Ecclesiastes 18. I wish you would look this up right here. This gives you something to think about. You can acquire all kinds of things, but you're not going to take it with you. Like right. right. I heard a while back. You never saw a hearse pulling new the U-Haul. They don't take it to the grave with them. It's all left behind. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 2, 18. It says, Yea, hated all my labor which I have taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And that thing. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have la- labored. And wherein have I showed myself wise unto the sun? God blessed him with great wealth, and he wondered if the one who came after him would take care of those things. We wonder about that ourselves sometimes. It's all going to someone else after we're gone. So how are we supposed to live our lives? We have to make a living, but we can take it too far when we're trying to accumulate things and not put them in their proper order. God is supposed to be first. Now you can write these scriptures down. I'm not going to take time for you to look it up. Colossians 1.18, it says, "...and He is the head of the body..." It's talking about Christ. "...the church who is the beginning..." and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have preeminence. And What does the word preeminence mean? It means He's supposed to have first place. I mean, you've got to make a living. You've got to do all these other things. But you've got to put God first. Amen. Jesus gave instructions on what this man should have done and what we should do. Turn over to Luke 12.21. Still talking about treasure here. As we go along on this, <clears throat> ask yourself, what is your treasure? What is the most important thing in your life? What does your mind stay on more than anything else? Twelve twenty-one, Luke says, "So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and it's not rich toward God." <clears throat> God called this man a fool because he, he was looking out for himself. He wasn't rich toward God. He was laying out treasure for himself. This man acquired riches for his own use, for himself. This is a characteristic of the covetous man. <coughs> it is all for himself. His plans end there. He lives only for himself, acts only in regard to his own interests. What does it mean not to be rich toward God? Are you rich toward God? Rich toward God, not being rich toward God, means has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. No riches laid up in heaven. His affections are all fixed on this world. and He is none for God. So the answer is in Matthew 6.19. (coughs) <coughs> i just turn back I thought I had these in order, but I don't guess I do. Matthew 6, 19. Here's the answer. Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Does moths ever eat some of the things that you have? Sometimes they do. And rust it will eventually eat just about let's keep it painted will eat just about any kind of metal <coughs> i a new truck back 16 i got a <laughs> tiny truck with a flatbed on it I'll paid over across the river on it and it's got salt in it no, no, now, i meant to get around no. to putting that uh, what do you call that bed liner on there and never did Sock blew out on behind the headache. Right? And before I know it, the whole bottom of that thing is rusting out. So I guess I'll have to get it well, never get another bit. Next time I'm going to put some a liner on that thing. But the point is that things wear out in this line. It's just temporary. All right. Lay not up for yourselves a treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Meaning, either treasures that are of an earthly nature and kind and more valuable and excellent of the, of the <coughs> earth, worldly wealth and riches, and things and places. <coughs> Moths will sometimes eat your clothes up, rust will take things of metal, and thieves have been known to steal about anything of value. And I don't know how bad it's getting over in your country, but over in our country, you better tie it, have to have down if it's out in your country or something, or it might not be there when you get back. Meaning yeah. all these earthly things will fade away. Here's what we're supposed to do. Matthew 6.20 Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust <laughs> doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal, the things we lay up and have it will last. They don't fade away, <coughs> as the old, old saying says. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Amen. <coughs> Twenty-one. For where your treasure is, and I'm sure you can notice this in your own life, where your treasure is there will be your heart also. The sense of it is, if your treasure is on earth and lies in earthly things, your hearts will be set upon them and be in them. <coughs> but if your treasure is put in the hands of God, your heart will be with Him and settled on Him. Your desires will be after heavenly things. Your affections will be set on the things above <clears throat> here's something for you to think about do we think God will reward us for all the earthly treasures we gather here on earth after all he gives us all these things to start with <clears throat> the bible says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills <clears throat> and which thousand hills is that it, it means all of them isn't it? Jewish numeral system. The word thousand means an innumerable amount. And when he says God owns the cattle on a thousand it means He owns them. We're just, we're just using <coughs> them for a while. <clears throat> Matthew 24. twenty-four. Let's look this right here. <coughs> Sixteen twenty-four, Matthew. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life <coughs> shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And twenty-six. For what is a man profited? if he shall gain the whole world, and that's treasure for himself, and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And if you'll notice the same word soul in verse 26, which they translated life in verse 25. Gaining everything that this world can offer and losing the kind of life that God has to offer the spiritual happiness that is in Christ, (coughs) our kingdom living, which is righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. Would all these things of the world be worth losing a close walk with God? I'd like to ask you saved people a question. (coughs) And if you're saved at one time, and maybe you do now, I hope you do now, You had a real close walk with God. Do you remember how close you were then? It seemed like sometimes as time goes on, we kind of get our eyes off the gold, don't we? And we're not in that spiritual happiness that we once had when we were first saved. Do you remember that time? I hope all of you are saved, but if you're not, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I like what the Amplified Bible says about this verse. And it says, For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Or what would a man give in exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Where is your treasure? So if you're not supposed to lay up treasures here on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven, how do we do that? Well, first of all, Jesus said no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon or money. Our hearts will be mastered by one or the other. And yeah, we went over this a few times Sunday school here lately. It says Jesus said a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of God. thanks. Excuse me Jesus said a rich man will heart, shall hardly enter into the kingdom of God. Does that mean a rich man can't go to heaven? No. It means that his riches will get in his way of entering in that kingdom here on earth. It'll keep him out. And if you'll read that parable there or that story there, this man that he was talking about went away sorrowful because he didn't want to give up his riches. To had that life and of joy in the Lord. He didn't want to get rid of his riches. They were getting in his way. Some ways we can lay up treasure in heaven. We need to start with a new heart. And all of you that are saved, you know what I'm talking about. You've been born again. We, we, we kind of, Sometimes we say born again. Sometimes we say be saved. Sometimes we say regenerated. But have you been saved? Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever felt the conviction of sin and that you have no hope without Christ as your Savior? The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you're not saved, there is what the Bible says. If you feel the Spirit of the Lord dealing in your heart, telling you that you have no hope of eternal life, God is dealing with your heart. Conviction of sin. The only way is through Christ. We need to start with a new heart. To desire of the things of heaven, we need a transformed heart that values Jesus more than an abundance of wealth and possessions. You have to be saved in order to do this. Our desires need to change way from earthly things and into eternal, everlasting, never perishing treasure. 1 Colossians 3 2. Set your minds or your affections on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. There's, there's where your treasure should be. <clears throat> Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We put the Lord first. The Bible tells us that God will supply all of our needs. And that's not only physically, but spiritually also. Follow Jesus above all things and surrender everything to Him. Be rich toward Him in every area of life. From the money we spend, the words we say, our interactions with others, in all that we do. For all that Christ has done for us, we should treasure Him and His kingdom purposes first. And I'm sure you all remember the the parable of Matthew 13-44. Jesus said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure. There's that word, treasure again. Likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for all thereof goeth and sell all that he hath. And five that field. That's how important that uh, treasure was. The kingdom of heaven sold all of his ha- that he had to gain this field with the treasure in it, which was the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> all right. The Bible mentions rewards that await the believer who serves the Lord faithfully in this world. Matthew ten forty one. He that receiveth a prophet prophet, in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. A great reward is promised to those who are persecuted for Jesus' sake. Various crowns are mentioned. 2 Timothy 4.8 Paul said, I fought a good fight I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, I laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But not to me only, but unto all them that love is appearing. <clears throat> we are to treasure the Lord Jesus most of all. When Jesus is our treasure, we will commit our resources, our money, our time, our talents, to work in this <coughs> world. Our motivation for what we do is important. First Corinthians 10:31. Whether therefore you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. <clears throat> when well, we live sacrificially for uh, for Jesus' sake, or serve Him by serving the body of Christ. We store up treasure in heaven. Do you know that? Even seemingly small acts of service do not go unnoticed by God. Little things, if He's laid upon your heart to do, they don't go unnoticed by God. And this is a song we sang a while ago. It's found in Matthew 10.42. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that that person will certainly not lose his reward. Small things matter too. It don't have to mean major things. Just something, if the Lord laid it upon your heart to do something, God will bless that effort. <coughs> the Lord will be faithful to reward us for the service we give Him. Hebrews 6.10 for God is not unrighteous to forget your work, labor, or love which you have showed toward His name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Our ministries may made different. Each of you does. Not any of us hardly in here have the same gift. God gives us all some kind of gift. I mean, maybe it's singing. Maybe it's witnessing. Maybe it's... Some of the smaller things around the church. But they all work for the Lord. He gives us all a work to do. And I keep quoting Brother Payne. And he used to say, God didn't save you just sit on that pew there. And that's true. He has work for every one of his children. Our ministries may differ, but the Lord, we serve as the same. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose. And each will be reward, uh, rewarded according to his own labors. That's 1 Corinthians 5. <laughs> now he that planteth... This is one job the Lord's given. Then there's one that waters. He does another thing. They're warned. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. <coughs> The treasures that await the child of God will far outweigh any trouble, inconvenience, or persecution we may face. Romans 8.18 18 but I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I'll finish up here. The last year the question I started out with, where is your treasure? Where you put your time where do you put your time in? Where do you put the thoughts your your, your thoughts in? Is where your treasure is and where your heart is also. And I'll ask Sean come up. <clears throat> Ladies and song.